so you, it's not that you shun your material possessions it's just that you begin to develop a different relationship with them so that you can have a greater experience with them hi and welcome to the unashamedly human podcast where we explore how we can better understand our thoughts feelings and actions change our results and feel less alone as we navigate this crazy little thing called life. My name is Emily Chabborn, and I recorded this episode live in my free Facebook group, Unashamedly Human with Emily Chabborn. If you're not a member yet, head to the show notes to join this global community, and you'll be able to join me live next week as I record the next episode of Unashamedly Human, the podcast. Make sure you follow me on Instagram too, Unashamedly Emily, and enjoy this episode. All right, so let's jump into today's episode. Dear M, lately I have a lot of really fulfilling things going on and I'm really loving prioritizing the things that I feel nourish me. Amen, right? The flip side is I feel like I'm letting my friends down every time I say no to hanging out. I used to be someone who loved lots of catch-ups and my friends mean the absolute world to me but I have some mates who don't seem to need a minute alone and constantly message asking when I'm free next. It might seem like a real first world problem, but saying no to things, example, I don't want to go and do a weekly morning walk anymore because I know morning meditation is actually really important for where I'm at right now. It feels like I'm constantly letting people down. On one hand, I'm a bit frustrated. In some ways, I feel that they think I exist for their happiness and wish that they would be happy for me. But on the other hand, I don't want them thinking I don't care. They're important to me, and I know it sucks when you feel like people don't want to see you. But socialising every day just isn't on the cards for me at the moment. I guess my question is, how can I get rid of the guilt that comes along with saying no to things, especially in this transition period? And how can I chat to friends about being understanding that it's not really a matter of, oh, if you're busy, how about tomorrow? Or when's your next free hour? Or you have to eat. I love them for it, but I don't feel loved in it. So the reason that my heart did a little whoop whoop when I read this question was because I think a lot of the women that come to work with me, when they first find me, when they first come and they're interested in joining the hub or they want to join one of the live courses or the evergreen courses that I have available to them, they normally come because they feel like they are in this weird sort of transition in life where they've just begun to see what the world a little bit differently. They're beginning to question some of the decisions that they have made, some of the assumptions that society has on them, some of the assumptions they've had on themselves. They're beginning to start listening to that sort of internal voice that's going, um, shouldn't you be happy? Isn't this everything that society said would make you happy? You did the thing, you went to school, you went to university, you got the job, you did a little bit of traveling, you found the husband, you married your wife, you had the kids, or maybe you didn't have the kids, you got the job, you got the house, you're driving the car, why aren't you happy? And the best way that I can describe this for you is I'm actually going to use an analogy that I actually heard somebody else use the other day. So just forgive me for one second while I look her name up, because I don't want to use her analogy and then not credit her for it. Okay, her name is Laurie Ladd, 
L-O-R-I-E-L-A-D-D, Laurie Ladd. And I was watching one of her videos, actually, it was posted in the Hub private Facebook group that we have. And she was using an analogy which I'm going to borrow and use for you guys. So imagine that you are walking down a road and you're just walking. It's a normal day. Everything is normal. Life is good. It's going the way that you thought it was going to go. Of course, there are bumps in the road. Of course, there are good days and bad days. Of course, you feel busy. Of course, it can be stressful. That's all just part of being a human being, right? And you're walking down the road and you're walking down the road and all of a sudden this crack appears in between your two feet. And there's just suddenly this gap in the land underneath you. And you've got one foot on one side of the gap and one foot on the other side of the gap. And it's like this gap is this sort of sense of knowingness that maybe something isn't quite right. Maybe the things that should be fulfilling you aren't quite fulfilling you anymore. Maybe you've begun to listen to that internal voice that is guiding you away from the path that you thought that you would always be traveling on. Maybe you're beginning to see that some of the things that society told you were going to make you happy aren't actually bringing you the joy that you anticipated. Now, this is going to, or this sort of like, I'm going to use the word, I don't know, awakening. I've got to find a good Emily word for it because I'm not a huge fan of woke. I'm not a huge fan of awakening. I'm not a huge fan of stepping into the light. I just, I, I've got to find my own experience of it. I mean, I guess for me, it just felt like I was kind of, I want to say growing up. But that's, again, that's like indicative of I am better than who I used to be or I'm better than you. Or it, I don't want to use anything that has any kind of comparison or hierarchy attached to it because it's not that. You know, somebody who is further along in, on their spiritual development, isn't a better person or a worse person than the person next to them. That's such a human construct that we live in, better or worse. That's such a human experience. The universe doesn't operate under that law of comparison. It just doesn't. That's such a human thing. And again, that's one of the issues I think that we're seeing in in our mental health these days of just like this constant comparison. Am I earning enough money? Am I pretty enough? Do I look young enough? Am I fit enough? Am I worthy enough? And according to universal law, those constructs don't exist. You are worthy in your presence. You are worthy in your experience. You are worthy by just being here. So this human comparison construct that we have come up with is not real and doesn't feel good. So what will I call this gap? What will I call this evolution, I suppose? This experience of who I am today is slightly different to who I was yesterday. And the way that I think about life is shifting a little bit. Now, to begin with, when that gap first happens, when we begin reading different things, we begin hearing different things, we begin questioning what we always thought was true right? We begin to loosen up some of those really strict rules and regulations and boundaries and beliefs and stories and paradigms that make up our reality, right? We begin to question, do I have to work really hard for my money? Do I have to be really busy to be valuable? Do I have to conform to your idea of beautiful in order to be worthy, right? We, we, we're doing this on a global level at the moment. 
we've been doing it on a global level for a really long time, but certainly I think individuals are going through this more and more and more. We question the norm. So this evolution, this gap, right, when it first occurs, we've kind of got one foot in who we used to be and one foot into this sort of slightly different version of us. And it's not massive. It's not big. It's not even a problem. Maybe some subtle changes occur in our day-to-day world. Maybe we begin to not be quite so interested in the gossip anymore or going out and getting blind drunk doesn't feel quite as inviting as it used to. And maybe we begin to develop this idea of mental fitness and we want to do what's good for us as opposed to just what feels good in the moment. We're beginning just to maybe understand that the shit that we used to watch on television is just a way of numbing out. Just really small, subtle shifts, nothing massive changes. Then we continue to walk down the path, right? Most of us will maybe continue with one foot on one side of the gap and one foot on the other side of the gap, and we can probably stay there for a while. It's all good. Not a problem. Can't really see the limp, right? So we limp along the path, and as we limp along, we realize that this gap is getting wider. And at some point, we are going to have to kind of choose which side of the gap we want to place both of our feet because we can't continue to straddle the gap. And this is where it begins to get a little bit more uncomfortable for us because quite often this gap will grow and grow and grow and grow and it will do it so incrementally and so subtly that you don't really notice that the gap is growing. Sure, sometimes something will come along, divorce will happen, death will happen, disease will happen, and that gap is like, like immediately, like this cavernous gap appears, and you kind of feel like you're evolving in a very short space of time, and it can be quite overwhelming. But for a lot of us, myself included, this gap was kind of really slow to expand. And then one day you realize that you can't continue to walk with one foot on one side and one foot on the other side. And you have to make a decision. Would you like daily text messages of support, positivity and love sent personally from me straight to your phone? Then sign up for Wake Up With Em. It's the affirmation service you didn't know you needed. The first month is free if you follow the link in the show notes. Good morning. Awesome. Now, the painful thing is, as much as quite often, the comfortable, the familiar, therefore the way that our brain interprets the familiar is safe, choice would be to jump onto the side that you already know, to continue living in the construct of materialism, continuing to try and earn more money, continuing to partake in the gossip, continuing to ignore what your intuition or what your soul is calling out for which is maybe a bit more of a meaningful experience and I don't mean that some people aren't having a meaningful experience I just mean a more present connected compassionate experience which allows for space and allows for creativity and allows for some healing to occur as opposed to I'm really, really busy and my calendar is full and I drink all weekend and I'm getting promotion in my job and blah, 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 like that kind of like 1980s Wall Street kind of like, come on, let's go, hustle, 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 hustle. You know, there is a 
that's not to say that if you choose to go down a spiritual path, life is never busy and life isn't, you're never going to earn more money or get promoted. In fact, those things are more likely if you go down the spiritual path because you'll be in a better vibrational alignment with what you truly desire. However, the kind of hectic society that we have created for ourselves is definitely full of a fair amount of anxiety and there's definitely like this experience of what do I how am I trying to say this it's not that it's meaningless it's that there is less connectivity in it less groundedness in it so we've got one foot on one side and we've got another foot on the other side and we begin to realize we're going to have to choose a side the safest thing because familiar is safe according to our brain is just to go back to how life used to be right pretend that we haven't heard the calling of our soul pretend like our intuition hasn't arced up pretend like we're happy in the job pretend like the relationship is adequate pretend like the mediocre is okay especially when we feel like we've achieved everything that society has told us should make us happy so now we begin to feel like god what's wrong with me that i'm wanting more that i'm craving more now on the other side we've got this sort of spiritual path. And let me just define spirituality for you. When I talk about spiritual path, what I don't mean is you need to start smoking sage and shitting out incense. I don't mean that. I don't mean you have to start meditating for four hours a day. I don't mean you have to start chanting. I happen to do all of those things with the exception of eating sage and shooting incense out of my ass. But like your spiritual development is about how well do you connect to yourself? How well do you sit in the seat of self-awareness? And through that sitting in the seat of self-awareness, how are you choosing with love and compassion to heal your own shit so that you can sit in a symbiotic relationship with the community and the wider global community and Mother Gaia herself in a place of connectiveness and belonging? That's what I mean by spiritual connection. I don't mean you have to start believing in God. I don't mean you have to start believing in Abraham Hicks. I don't really mean you have to start believing in, you know, anything wacky. I'm just like, how well are you connected to yourself, to universal energy, and to your community, firstly, immediate, and then secondly, global? When we start listening to that part of us, when we start that evolution, Naturally, the stuff that used to light us up, it used to fulfill us, it used to subdue us, it used to placate us or numb us, stops working. The conversations that we used to have start kind of grating on us. The behaviors of some people begin to feel really intolerable to us. We begin to realize that maybe we haven't had great boundaries or that maybe we've been so deep in our own defense mechanisms and protection mechanisms that we haven't allowed for true connection with some of our friends. We begin to question some of our friendships. We begin to question, why am I doing this job? Why do I need this much money? What, and I'm, again, I'm not saying that if you go down a spiritual path, you, you're going to have less money because believe me, the opposite of that is true. But it's not about having more money. It's about experiencing the wealth and feeling like you are deserving, and having really heightened experiences as a result of that income, as a result of that business growing, as a result of that promotion. 
It's about understanding that the more wealth that you accumulate, the more people who are in suffering you can help. Because you can't help the poor if you're poor. So it's not about, it's not that you stop needing worldly possessions. I'm not saying we should go and live in caves and not have worldly possessions, right? Just sell it all on eBay, shave your head, call yourself rain and go and live in a cave. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is you begin to look at material possessions in a completely different way. You begin to respect more what you have accumulated. You begin to question, do I need more? Do I need more stuff or do I want to buy more experience? Do I want to buy more time? Because those things are all available with money. So you, it's not that you shun your material possessions. It's just that you begin to develop a different relationship with them so that you can have a greater experience with them. As all of this is happening, you may very well find yourself moving away from some of the people who have been in your immediate circle. And that's not to say that you are going to lose people and that you're going to be lonely. It's just that your relationship to those people shift. Now, look, let's be honest, probably everybody has got a couple of people in their circle where they're like, actually, you're a bit toxic. I feel like shit whenever I hang out with you. I always come home and I kind of hate myself a little bit whenever I've been in your company. Those people can fuck right off out of your sphere, right? Those people don't need to be in your energetic energy. If they're a little bit offended that you don't want to have lunch with them three times a week, then who gives a monkey's ass? Because let's be honest, like you don't need that person in your life. Anyone that you hang around with that doesn't amplify you the best bits of you, right? Then Wahe Guru, with love and compassion, we allow them to take a step back and we take a step back from them. It doesn't need to be a mean girl situation. You can't sit with us. It's just you give them less of your attention and you allow that energetic tie to sort of dissolve. But there are going to be people in your life who you really adore but you have changed and so the relationship has shifted, but they have not changed. And so it feels really fucking clunky. And I can tell you my own personal experience of this. I will be three years sober from alcohol on the 29th of May of this year. Sober from absolutely every substance for 18 months by the end of May. And I was a party girl. I did love the party. And then I realized that I was heavily dependent on alcohol and I went into an AA meeting because I couldn't stop drinking when I wanted to. And that's when I realized I was an alcoholic and I haven't looked back since I continued with the AA program and a hundred percent into my sobriety. Now we take it day at a time, of course, but I feel really solid that my life is so much better without alcohol. Now it's not just the alcohol. It's the huge amount of personal development that came along with the decision to shift my identity from the person who was always up for a good time, would go out on a Friday night and not come home till a Tuesday morning, said yes to absolutely everything. That shift in my identity was huge. And the gap in between my two feet got quite wide quite quickly in that, especially in that first year of sobriety, as I had to re-navigate my friendships. Now, like I said, there were some friends I was like, do you know what? You and I never had anything in common other than what we were putting up our nose. So see you later. And I, I, I don't wish you anything but love, but like, boom, shield down, see you later. I don't need you in my life. There have been other people, especially in my great group of friends and I have 
this lovely, lovely crew of friends were about 30 strong and we're very close, we're very tight. We all live within about 5K of each other. And I had to replay my friendships with them. Like I had to work out how to be friends with them without the context on which our friendship had already always been based. And that was quite confronting. And it's very tempting to go back to the old way of life because it's easier, frankly. But I had to have some really honest and serious conversations with people. Now, I find it very easy to admit that I'm an alcoholic and to say that I'm in the AA program. And I find that easy because it, it's, it makes the management of my addiction much easier. While I try and pretend like everything's fine, I'm just not drinking today, guys. It's really hard. The moment you turn around to someone, you're like, hey, no, I'm in AA, thanks. They just, they don't, they don't offer you a drink again. So I found it really easy or relatively easy to explain my change in the context of my addiction. Hey guys, turns out I'm heavily addicted to alcohol. So I joined AA and I will no longer be drinking. And everybody who cared about me and loved me respected that. The more uncomfortable shift happened when I got really deep into kundalini yoga and meditation and so it wasn't just that I wasn't going to parties anymore or that I was leaving parties at 10 p.m instead of three days later the more subtle shifts or the more uncomfortable shifts for me were when I realized that people were talking about what they've been watching on Netflix and it just didn't really I just I hadn't watched it I was just like I don't know what you're talking about I don't have a television in my house anymore it broke and I just never replaced it and that's not because I'm one of those people that's like, oh my God, I just never watch television. It just stopped interesting me. Like it, it just every now and then when I really feel like zoning out, I'll log on to Stan on my laptop and I'll, because my mate gave me her login and I'll watch like 30 Rock or something like that. But like, I just, I don't sit and watch TV in the same way that I used to. If, like me, you love reading cool stuff, listening to interesting interviews, and hearing funny, quirky stories that feel really relatable, then sign up for my famous Friday emails. They're jam-packed with awesomeness, and if you sign up and you're not into it, you can always unsubscribe. Link in the show notes, and I look forward to being in your inbox on Friday. It's Friday! So I began to realize that I could kind of feel a, a disconnect between us. So I had to find different ways to connect to my friends, the ones that I wanted to keep, the ones that were really dear to me, the ones that despite the context of our friendship changing, the core of our friendship, the tie between us, I didn't want that to break. And so that has looked like being very honest, uncomfortable as it may be, being really, really honest. Like I said, I was really honest about my alcoholism bless them they all still invite me to parties whenever they go I mean to be fair we're all growing up a little bit now and lots of us are having children and getting promoted and life is as a general rule you know partying just slows down but I just leave whenever anyone starts getting drunk and I don't make a song and dance of it I don't make a spectacle of myself when I do it all right guys I'm going you're all drunk I'm just like it's time for me to go and people be like why are you going and I'll just be like I've just got so much stuff to do this afternoon. I just want to have a really good night, like a really early night or whatever it might be. So I, I never, ever call out anybody else's behavior. I'm just very aware of where my tolerances lie and, and where my boundaries are with myself. And that's not to say 
that I can't sit in a restaurant while my friends are having a drink. Of course I can. But if they're about to get blind drunk, then I'll just leave. And I won't make the, the drinking the reason that I leave. I just leave. With love and compassion and lots and lots and lots of hugs, I just leave. The other thing that I think I've had to really lean into is creating experiences with those friends that do align with some of the stuff that I enjoy doing. So that might mean arranging to go to yoga with them instead of, you know, going to a winery with them. It's um, arranging lots of brunches and lunches instead of evening stuff that might fall into drunkenness. It's doing outdoorsy stuff like going on hikes instead of just hanging out at someone's back garden, having a barbecue and getting drunk. So I have had to be quite proactive in creating experiences with my friends that are more in line with the version of me that I am becoming. I've also had to put up really strict boundaries around how I spend my time. Now, I talk a lot in the hub about boundaries because they're so important to your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health and your spiritual health. Boundaries are not about rejecting people. They're not about keeping people at a distance. They're not about saying no to people. Boundaries aren't harsh things. They're really compassionate guideposts as to how you rock up in your own life and therefore how you expect people to rock up in your life and how you are willing to rock up in somebody else's life. That's what a boundary is. And so we assert boundaries, first of all, by demonstrating what is acceptable behavior, firstly with ourselves and then with other people. So I have a non-negotiable about my meditation in the morning. It's a non-negotiable for me. That means when someone's like, hey, Em, stay for another drink or stay for dessert or stay for whatever, my response is, without judgment of anybody else, oh, thanks, guys, my alarm goes off at like 5.30 because I have to get up and meditate. And when someone questions it, I'm like, oh, I'd lose my shit without it. I don't try and encourage them to do it. I don't make them feel bad for not doing it. It's just the non-negotiable for me that when my alarm goes off, I spend an hour with myself doing yoga and meditating. And it's, it's not for question. I'm so certain in it that it's not questioned by anybody else. Because when you lead from a place of certainty, other people follow that energy. When you're apologetic about it, when you're defensive about it, when you're secretive about it, when you try and hide it, when you're embarrassed about it, other people will question it. So I, my bedtime is 9pm. Like I have to be at home by 9pm. If you want me out anywhere after 9pm, it needs to be because it is a milestone birthday or there has been some huge massive tragedy and you need me. Otherwise, 9pm is my bedtime. Like I, I'm at home by 9pm. I have a nighttime routine that takes me about half an hour and it's lights out at 9.45 at the latest because sleep is really important to me and I'm not going to compromise that for anybody because I can't show up for you in resentment and love at the same time. So I need to show up in healthy, happy, connected, grounded state so that I can be the best person for you. So it's working for everyone that I go home, get a good night's sleep and then wake up early the next morning to meditate and do kundalini yoga. So living by demonstration is and being proud of who you are and where you're going and not in a, hey guys, I'm meditating every morning. Oh my God, are you still going walking and like not meditating in the mornings? That's not what this is. It's, this is how I am choosing to live my life. I'm open about it. I'm articulate about it. 
And when I say articulate, I mean certain about it. I'm not in the shame of it. And I live it with such conviction that when people ask me about it, I'll happily talk to them about it, but I never push it on anyone else. In terms of asserting those boundaries with your pushy friends, who like constantly want to be near you and constantly want you out for lunch and are constantly asking where you are, it is a good idea to lean into the hard conversation and explain to them what is going on for you. Because while they are, if you look at it from their point of view at the moment, right, you were the girl who used to go for lunch all the time, you go for morning walks every morning, they saw loads of you, you're on the phone 24-7, and now you're pulling away. Now, naturally, when someone pulls away from us, our initial response is, what have I done? And then when someone is pulling away, we tend to try and get closer to them, right? Like, we're like, okay, well, let me hold on tighter. Let me hold, hang on, they're going up, hang on, they're moving further away. Let me hold on tighter. Let me hold on tighter. Let me phone more. Let me phone one. Then we'll start getting offended. Wow, that fucking bitch never even answers my phone calls anymore. Instead of turning towards the uncomfortable situation and saying, hey, friend of mine, you know how much I love you. You know how much our relationship is really important to me. The way that my life is at the moment, the deeply spiritual, deeply personal development work that I'm doing with myself at the moment means that right now I need a lot of time to myself and that is in no way, shape or form a reflection of our friendship or how I feel about you. I'm absolutely free for lunch with you on Saturday, but the rest of this week, I just really need to be in solitude with myself. I'm not going out and hanging out with other people. It's got absolutely nothing to do with you. It's just my own personal development journey that I'm on at the moment, which means that I'm craving a lot more solitude than I normally would. Now, if that person loves you, maybe they'll have some questions. All good, totally fine. But if that person really loves you and really respects you, then they will understand and hear that boundary and behave accordingly to it. Now, if they don't, then you might have to have a more more sort of severe conversation with them, which is, hey, I don't want to have to explain this to you again. If you have questions, please feel free to ask me. But I'm telling you that I can see you on Saturday and at no other time this week. And again, I would like to reiterate to you that it is not because I don't love you and adore you and have time for you. And if you need anything from me because something is going on in your life, of course you can come to me. But if it's just I would like a catch up, Right now where I am, this is what is going on for me. And I need this level of solitude at the moment. When we leave people to try and figure that out for themselves, that's when it gets really quite a lot of friction builds. Resentment starts to build. And that's all based on you having one perception of what's going on in your head and then your friend having a completely different perception of what's going on in her head. So honesty is the best policy. Like, don't be afraid to be really honest about the fact that you crave some solitude right now and make it really known that that does not mean that you don't love the people in your life. It's just that you are getting to know yourself on a deeper level. And if that offends some people, if that's confronting for some people, if that jars with some people, as long as you are living in line with your values, your integrity, your standards, and that you are explaining yourself with love and with compassion, then other people's reaction to you is not your responsibility. That's it for today's episode. I trust you loved it. And remember, you can join me as I record these episodes live. All of the details are in the show notes. If you love this episode, I'd really appreciate you sharing it on your socials. And please tag me, Unashamedly Emily. You can also share it through Spotify. And if you're listening on iTunes, then please rate and review. It really helps other people find this valuable content. 
And as always, nothing beats a good bit of word of mouth. So let your mates know all about this podcast. If you're interested in joining my global coaching community, the Unashamedly Human Hub, check out the link in the show notes. See you in the next episode and keep being brave.